This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Whatever your tastes, you'll find it weeknights. On Joy 94.9, something for everybody. Do you want to hold your own in a sports conversation? Get a better pub quiz score or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports? Then join Ben and Rolly in the locker room on Joy 94.9. Welcome into the locker room on Joy 94.9, your show for news, views and interviews about sport in our community. Thanks to Michael and Glenn from the Royal Daltons for bringing us home in the drive slot on this very interesting evening. It's quite warm out there and, of course, warm in the studio. Thanks also to Gary Wilson at the Joy 94.9 News Desk for bringing us the latest news, and that will be the last time this evening. On The Locker Room, we will be bringing you the latest about what's happening in the world of sport, both here and around the globe from a queer perspective. And of course, my name is Mark Rowland, and we are very excited this week to preview all things synchronised swimming on tonight's show. Is that right? That's fantastic. All things synchronised swimming? It's about time. I've got a feeling you wrote that joke. That sounds like a smithy joke. Uh, Of course, we're doing everything AFL. Ha, 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 ha. You think ha, you ha. can put anything on my teleprompter <laughs> and I'll read it out? Uh, so we're doing a lot of AFL footy stuff this week. So I've had to do a bit of research this week and prepare myself, and hopefully I'll, I'll impress. Well, look, you've been to, what, one game this year, Robbie? I've watched a couple on TV. Yeah. And, and do you know how many points a goal's worth now? Six. Well done. Hey, we've taught him something out of it. Quizmaster. I know. Quizmaster right there. Mm. Well, I mean, a purple haze has descended over this town. I've seen people with purple... Polo tops and footy jumpers all over the town now. So it's only going to get worse. Come Friday, you won't be able to move in this place for all the Dockers fans who are invading Melbourne. Really? Like, there won't be any people over in Western Australia on, on by Friday. Yeah. Well, according to that news article, they're having to go via Bali. Hopefully <laughs> they don't bring anything. Yeah, they're, uh, they can have the only Virgin flights they can get are via Bali. So um, maybe that's just Western Australian people. Well, let's just hope they leave the boogie board bag at home then. Oh, <laughs> terrible. So what have we got on tonight, Smithy? Um, we're going to have a chat with Carlton footballer Brock McLean. Uh, he's been on the show before and he's coming back uh, to talk about how Freon Hawthorne players will be preparing and um, also about the season that Carlton's had. Um, we'll be using a very scientific method to predict the grand final winners. We're going to have a quiz between uh, a Frio Dockers fan and a Hawthorne fan. And may to the victor go the spoils. So we really need probably... Two fans to text in, really, and uh, we want some probably to hear from you whether or not you can participate in the quiz, whether you're a Dockers or a uh, Hawthorne fan. And I would actually like uh, probably to run a secondary quiz. Who's got the best trash talk? Yeah, let, let, let's hear the trash talk from, from the listeners out there. So if you're a Hawks supporter, we really want to hear, you know, some trashy things about Frio. And Frio, we really want to hear some trashy things about Hawthorne. So um, text us in and we will determine... A secondary winner. And of course, if you want to send us a text, our number is 0427 JOY949, um, or you can email at us at onair at joy.org.au. So we'd love to hear about that or anything else you think we should be talking about tonight. Um, you'll also be hearing Smitty's editorial. That's, that's coming up again as well. Uh, but now it's time for Rolly's Roundup. 
What do you got for us this week, Rolly? An Italian long-distance runner on Monday was summoned and put under investigation by the country's Olympic committee, CONI, that's C-O-N-I, for allegedly trying to use a fake penis to be to beat a doping test. Devious Lecadadi, an athlete for the Italian Air Force team, allegedly filled up a fake nine-inch dildo uh, with urine uncontaminated by banned substances and tried to squeeze it during the test. However, of course, the person realised there was something wrong with his penis. Uh, no one's w- got one that big, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Liar! Uh, he was trying to... Uh, he was. He won the 10-kilometre road running championship at Molfita near Bari. Licata has been called to disciplinary proceedings at Rome Stadio Olimpico on Wednesday. That's kind of weird, isn't it, that you would take... Uh, banned substances to win a 10-kilometre ra- fun run. Oh, I don't think there's any limit on the banned substances that people are willing to take in order to win. And it obviously shows there's there's almost no length that an athlete won't go to beat a drugs test as well. <laughs> length, <laughs> length being the operative word there. Why are they doing a drug test at a fun run? Well, you know, you have to... Uh, I actually don't know why you would do that, but uh, I suppose, you know, you've got to keep the athletes tip-top shape in fun runs. Uh, Adam Scott's chance of winning the US PGA Tour Championship in the season-long FedEx Cup was were dashed by an untimely dose of the flu. The Masters champion crashed out of contention in the third round at East Lake Golf Club at the weekend. Scott arrived at the course having very little sleep, fever chills, and was actually put on an IV drip in the third round. Smithy, how much do you think it cost him, that flu? Have oh, a I guess. Know. We're talking about US PGA Tour Championship, something called the FedEx Cup. Uh, probably a couple million bucks. Oh, I think more than that. I'd, I'd go about 20 million. 12 million. 12 million. But he got 14th, so he got 1.6 million. Oh, is that all? 14th, so that's not too bad. What does he do, just throw it on the pile? Well, <laughs> uh, Swede Hendrik Stenson, just a few years after losing most of his fortune in a Ponzi scheme, uh, actually won the $12 million payday. So, look, good on him. Um, oh, I might have to send him some emails about some investment opportunities in Kenya or oh, well, something yeah. like that. <laughs> Sounds like he's a real prudent investor. So a couple what? of Nigerian princes here and there. That's right. Just need a bank account for you to transfer all your funds to so we can hold it for a while. So what is uh, a Ponzi scheme? That's one of those sort of pyramid things, is it? Well, it's any kind of uh, scheme that people try to get people into that actually doesn't produce investment. It's just all about getting people into the scheme in the first place. That's the only way it makes money. Crooks. Yeah. Uh, look, I may shed a tear here, and I'm not very happy about this article, but we're going to read it anyway. I'm pretty happy about it, though. I think I know what it is. Aussie skipper James Spittle and his multinational crew on Oracle Cheaters have levelled the score with an unprecedented seven consecutive wins in the America's Cup this morning. The famous yachting regatta is now likely to be decided tomorrow on the 30th anniversary of Australia 2's against the odds victory. So that was the old Alan Bond scenario yeah. back in 83, was it? Yeah, that's right. And it's it's actually the, the 30th anniversary of that at the moment. And, of course, Australians will remember Bob Hawke declaring, the, the new Prime Minister Bob Hawke declaring that any Australian boss who sacked his employees for, not coming, in, for coming in late that day was a bum. Oh, he didn't say un-Australian? No, he said they were a bum. Oh, I got they were a bum. Don't know where that too much. Uh, Sydney Sailor Spittle and the Oracle Team USA crew recorded their sixth and seventh consecutive wins over Emirates Team New Zealand this morning and survived a near collision to force America's Cup into another day of racing. Uh, so, look, the scoreline is now 8-8 with the winner of the next race, the holder of the 34th America's Cup. Can you believe that? So the Kiwis went into it um, 
eight one. Yep. And now it's eight eight. And apparently, one of the controversies is the sort of Kiwiness and Americanness of the teams. That there's actually no requirement that any of the people on the boat be a national of the country that they're representing. No, well, most of them are Aussies and Brits on the Oracle boat. Yeah, that's right. Um, and look, Oracle would dock two points before the regatta, regatta for legal modifications. Uh, done in the lead up to the event, Oracle lacked early speed at one stage. Trailed the New Zealanders, of course, eight nil. So, look, they've been cheating and trying to do things to their boat. Yeah. Um, who knows what they're up to to get it back to eight? Eight. It's it, it's good to see New Zealand getting back to their choking ways, though, Rolly. It's, oh. it's been about time. Oh, oh now I'm just <laughs> now I'm sticking the knife in and turning uh, it counterclockwise. All right. All people, right. people out there can't see the look on his face, but he looked very hurt. Yeah, look, I'm not reading the rest of that article. It's actually really interesting, too. Actually, it's... Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm moving on. He's, he's cracked it. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. I've gone too far. Look, anyway... Yeah, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, the boats. Oh, look, one thing I'll tell you about the boats. I don't realise how fast those boats were. Some of them have been clocking up to 90 k's an hour. Yeah. That's incredible. Bloody dangerous. A lot faster than the other boats that come to Australia. Yeah, well... They, oh. More reliable. Oh. Uh, the Cronulla Sharks could be forced to relocate up to 1,500 kilometres north to Queensland uh, in 2015 in the wake of the club's administrative failures with ASADA. Investigation is complete. This is quite a big thing for NRL. I know we're an AFL state, but what would moving Cronulla north, what would that be similar? That would be moving Melbourne down to That would be Tassie? like moving South Melbourne up to Sydney like they did for the Swans. Yeah, or like moving Fitzroy to Brisbane like they did for the Lions. Mm. Oh, so, okay. So that's happened. So it's not a biggie. Uh, the Daily Telegraph has earned NRL power brokers are currently in a conversation, but... Um, maybe they're trying to rectify the wrongs from last week with the Cowboys. Maybe this is to try and buy some um, kudos back. Oh, I don't know if the NRL are that strategic about it, but I think maybe they're spying an opportunity here. They've long coveted having an expansion team in northern Queensland, and maybe this is their sort of backhanded way of achieving that. But, of course, the NRL is always rife with the conspiracy theories, so I'm sure there's plenty being cooked up at the moment about linking a drug scandal to a relocation of a club. Well, I suppose at the end of the day, it does make sense to shift another club. How many have we got in Queensland? Two or three? Four? Uh, there'd be three. Three. So four probably makes sense. I mean, they win every origin every year. And Queensland are the superior rugby league state, aren't they, really? At the end they've of the they've day. only got two teams up in Queensland, NRL. No, there's, there's three. There's the Titans, the Cowboys and the oh, Broncos. I forgot the Titans existed. Yeah, it's mm. true. Uh, let's move on for NRL. Uh, cricket's back in the headlines. We thought they'd disappeared, but... Uh, they're out complaining again. Uh, something about uh, they have to go to India now and then they're going to arrive back in Australia and England arrives a week later. So the Australian cricketers are sort of just bemoaning that at the moment. Oh they have to play cricket now? Well, you know, it's, they, they, they want, really need like a six-week holiday, you know, in between. Well, maybe. they should have got their homework done on they've, time. They've oh. been on like a three-month Contiki tour to, to England, as far as I can tell. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, are they, what exactly are they recovering? What punishing schedule are they exactly recovering from here? Uh, well, look, I yeah, look. Hopefully, we can take England down, but we'll get close to the time. Uh, that was your news roundup for the week. We've got one quick message from Johnny. I reckon the Dockers will do Hawthorne only because they are hungry and Hawthorne are too complacent. Love, Johnny. Johnny, that's not much trash talk. We want yeah. to trash talk. You that's know. nowhere near trashy enough. No, That's I, weak. Weak, that Johnny. Sounds a bit too lovey for me. Uh, you're in the locker room on Joy 94.9. Do you want to hold your own in a sports conversation? Get a better pub quiz score or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports? Then join Ben and Rolly in the locker room on Joy 94.9. Now, Smithy may try and pass himself off as a bit of a footy expert, but really if we want to know how the players are preparing in the run-up to the grand final, then why not go straight to the source? 
Though I'm sure he would love to be running out onto the MCG this Saturday. I'm sure being on the locker room comes a close second. Welcome back to the locker room, Carlton's Brock McLean. Welcome, Brock. Good evening, boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Brock. Uh, you must be disappointed not to be playing this weekend. Yeah, it's always disappointing. Uh, disappointing when your uh, your last game of the season is a loss. So, um, you know, Hawthorne and Fremantle, the uh, the envy of 16 other teams out there. And the Blues um, bowed out of finals contention just a couple of weeks ago against Sydney. Um, how are you feeling about the way your season went for you? Yeah, it was a bit of a funny old season. It was, um, I suppose, the, the word to describe it would be inconsistent. You know, there were some patches of the season where we were playing really well and our form was good and there were other parts of the season where our form was pretty ordinary and, um, you know, not what we expected. So it was, um, you know, it would be frustrating to say the least. Uh, you must be, well, Mick must be expecting big things from the Blues next year, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, uh, you know, he came he came to the club to, uh, to coach a premiership. That was simple as that. So uh, this year was uh, was anything but that. Um, so he'd be, uh, he'd be expecting uh, the boys to be bitterly uh, disappointed about this year and come back uh, nice and uh, hungry over pre-season and look forward to a, a big year next year. And, of course, it was a big change for Carlton to, to bring Malthouse in. and it was, it was expected that we would see a different style of play from the Blues this year. What do you think you did differently this year that, that made at least the, the team take a step forward towards the premiership goal that you've set for yourselves? I think our, uh, our defensive efforts uh, were certainly an improvement this year over uh, you know, the previous uh, you know, two or three years that I've been at the club. Um, we were a lot more consistent in that area and um, you know, we weren't involved in as many shootouts as, uh, as we had been in previous years. So I think that's where, uh, where our uh, improvement came from. Brock, uh, looking ahead to the grand final, how do you, how will you think the two teams are preparing for it? I honestly have no idea. I've never had to prepare for an AFL grand final, so um, look, I'd say you know, from you know, speaking from you know, playing in a finals experience, I think um, you know what most players would be doing is just trying, trying not to think about the game too much. You know, there's obviously a lot of talk around the game. You know, there's grand final parade. You know, media want to do extra interviews, so. Just trying to keep it as low key as possible, and not trying to get too ahead of yourself and play the game in your mind before you get there. Because if you do that, you're just going to spend all your uh, all your energy before you get to grand final day. It, it, it must be pretty hard for the players to be able to do that, though, with you know the extra media attention with the grand final parade that's going on. I mean, do you think there might be another approach of a player that just says, "Look, I'm just going to relax and enjoy this, and just try and soak it up, and you know, come what may uh, to my mental state." But I, there's no way I can treat this just like any other game. Yeah, well, every play is different, so I think you've just got to you just got to uh, stick with what you think will work for yourself. And uh, you know, most of the players are fairly experienced by now, so they um, they know what works what works best for them. So it's uh, it's not the case of one rule fits all. It's just uh, it's up to the individual, and uh, if something works for him, then you know he should do that. Uh, Brock, I was wondering if you could tell, tell me something. I was at the, the Richmond-Carlton final and I've quite honestly never heard crowd noise quite like that. I mean, it was just it was just the most extraordinary atmosphere and unfortunately you, you personally had to sit the game out. Um, but when, when you're playing in front of an audience like that, does it, does it change the way you approach the game or the way you have to play? Is it distracting or, or difficult to sort of play in that environment? Oh, it all depends on, um, you know, the situation of the game, uh, the majority of the crowd, as in, you know, who's got the, the biggest supporters there. 
you know, if um, you know, I think the majority of supporters on the day were Richmond. So well, it certainly sounded Keith, like it anyway. But yeah, so the, until the, the end, key for, our, key for our boys, you know, be to, to start well and you know trying to shut their uh, their crowd up nice and early on, and then sometimes you know when uh, your team's having a run on, you try and let the crowd in a bit. You try and let them. Uh, uh, you know, listen to them a bit more because the crowd sometimes do get right behind you and that can give you a bit of a lift. So it all depends on stage of the game and, uh, as I said, who's got the bigger crowd and who's having the bigger influence. Brock, are you surprised uh, at the two teams in the final or do you think it was, was a bit of a uh, expected? No, well, Hawthorne, you know, finished on top of the ladder. So, uh, you know, they've been, you know, one of the best, if not the best team all year. And, uh, you know, myself and a few of the other boys at Carlton, we uh, we were of a firm belief that Fremantle were, were always going to make the grand final. We just uh, we played them towards the latter part of the year, and um, you know they're just a very well drilled team. They've got a lot of good players, and you just know what you're going to get from a Ross Lyon coach side every week. And um, so yeah, no surprise to see the two in the in the grand final. So when you when you play a side like Fremantle, I mean it, it's such a fiercely intense uh, competitive sport at all levels, but when you play a side like Fremantle, do you, do you notice that that extra intensity and that extra defensive focus? Because they've been the most successful defensive side this year. Yeah, you just, um, you know, you might think you're out for a second or two, then bang, someone else comes off and covers you. Or, um, in, as you said, you just know you're going to be in for a scrap of a game. So sometimes sides uh, can be maybe a bit defeated or players can maybe be a bit defeated mentally uh, before they get to the game because... Uh, Fremantle are just able to heap so, uh, so much pressure on uh, you know players and, and the team as a whole. Brock, if you had to put your neck on the line and make a prediction, who would you be tipping this week? Uh, look, I'm, I'd have to go for the Hawthorne. Um, I just think you know the heartbreak of, of last year's uh, grand final loss will just give them that bit of extra motivation this year. Not that you need it going into a grand final, but yeah, I'd be splitting hairs, but yeah, Hawthorne for me. And so for you and your, your Carlton teammates, um, you're obviously in the, the off-season at the, the moment. Um, just tell us a bit about sort of what the next few months will hold for you as a group. Uh, well, we're not back until December 2nd, mate. So, oh, fantastic. Uh, it's up to each, uh, each individual player, you know, what sort of uh, off-season program uh, he conducts for himself. Or we get, we get given a basic program, but as I said before, every player is different and guys that have been in the system... You know, for a while now, know what works for their body. They know when they have to, uh, you know, to start training again, or, or you know, how much uh, of a break they need to give their body. Um, but you know, by now you, uh, you've realised that you can't come back in a pre-season out of shape. Otherwise, you are, you quickly get left behind, and um, you sort of lose a bit of respect amongst the group. Brock, thanks so much for joining us in the locker room tonight on Joy ninety four point nine, and best of luck with next season. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. Smithy, hit me with an editorial. Gone into the sound clip closet and then you have a wee cheer, do you say? He's got a cheer squad. I wonder what's on the editorial tonight. I'm liking the sound of this. I've never felt this popular in my life. Maybe I won't be so popular after I voice this opinion, which I think is going to be a bit controversial, a bit unpopular. So every, every year when the grand final rolls into town, there's this story that gets written every year about the loyal fans who turn up every week 
and they can't get a ticket to the grand final. You know, they're forced to watch it at home on television, having turned up to every other game, cheering their team on, rain, hail or shine. It's this inevitable story that gets written every year. And that's basically because the MCG has only 100,000 seats and there's more than 100,000 people who actually want to go to the game. Oh. I mean, that, that's the fundamental reason why. But we still... Economics 101, supply and demand, is that... Well, uh, um, what I'm calling for is a bit more of an unleashing of the economics and of supply and demand on our grand final. More seats, 150,000 seater. No, I think more, not so much more seats, but fairer prices. And just, just hear me out on this. So at the moment... Um, the AFL has to put out a press release every year and they say, you know, who's getting all the seat, seats. And at the moment, 35,000 of the seats at the stadium are allocated to competing club members. Um, so that leaves another 65,000 that aren't going to those people. And there's various other people who get it. MCC members, AFL members, corporate sponsorship packages. The non-competing clubs all get 1,000 tickets each that they can carve up and sell off to people. So can I ask you, so 35, is that 17 and a half? Yeah, right? more or less. It, they, it goes they, to Dockers and 17 and a half goes to Hawks. Fans. That's right. Okay. So they're, they're the diehards and they get to go. And they've usually paid, the people in those clubs actually get to access those tickets are the ones who've paid more for like a premium membership as well. So you have mm. to, start of the year, you sort of, bet on your team making the grand final and pay a bit more in the, in the off chance they'll be one of the two of the 18 teams that actually make the grand final. So this is what happens. And of course, then we get the stories about scalpers and, you know, corporate hospitality packages and people flying in from Perth and buying tickets for $1,200 a pop and isn't this terrible? And we sort of have these two parallel markets going on. There's the legal scalping, which is done through corporate hospitality packages, and that's all fine and above board because the AFL approves that. And we have, you know, the guys in trench coats standing outside the MCG muttering under their breath who wants a ticket who wants a ticket and that's obviously legal and that will you know that can leave you with a $700 on the spot fine if you do that how much $700 on the spot fine if you get caught scalping outside the MCG on Saturday jeez Oh, you'll be able to pay that off with a ticket you just sold. Well, I mean, that's the economics of it, isn't it? I mean, you've just got to keep pushing this fine up to make it not worthwhile. So I reckon we just need to sweep all this away. What we need to do is have a nationwide auction and everyone gets to put in their price for how much they want to pay for their grand final ticket and we just auction off the tickets to the 100,000 highest bidders. Really? Yeah. No, it's probably not a bad idea. I'm just trying to think what we do, uh, what they did at Glastonbury is you got to send in your photo ID. So I'm just wondering, because you could bid for a ticket and then go and, of course, sell it. But um, it's probably not a bad scheme, actually. But once you bid, bid your price for it, I don't think you're going to unsell it because other, other, someone else will just come in with a higher price. But how does that work for, for families that, like you said before, that travel thousands of kilometres, like in Fremantle's case, have to travel across the country just to watch their team at a grand final? Uh, but he, here's the answer I've got for you. I reckon all the extra money you make, you pump into good causes. You know, grassroots footy... You know, buying tackle bags and new balls for community clubs and flying in kids from remote areas on special passes to watch the game, you know, promoting Indigenous football in, in remote areas. So, you know, maybe people will feel less bad about not being given a ticket to the game if they know that all the extra money that they weren't able to pay well, went towards a good cause. Maybe it helped out their junior footy club instead. And I reckon, you know, we just need to see the AFL Grand Final for what it is. It's just a naked money-making exercise. And let's, let's, let's run with it. Why should the scalpers be the ones making all the money? This, the game should be the one making all the money. Yeah, no, I think... Well, um, no, I'm going to disagree. I just think that the, the, poor, the poor people uh, miss out yet again. This sounds a little bit like the, the Liberals' education policy where uh, <laughs> they're not going to let poor people go to university anymore. Oh. Are you sure you're not some kind of uh, in-the-closet right-winger? Well, I think... That you know, sounds like capitalism at its best. On, on, on this one, you know, I'm probably the wrong person to ask in a way because I am one of those spivs myself. I, I buy an AFL membership every year and I do go to the grand final every year even though my team is actually not competing and I really couldn't care less who wins. 
So hang on, how do you get it every year? Well, I buy an AFL membership at the start of the year. It costs me about 500 bucks, and then I you know, buy, buy a grand final ticket when they become available. But it's, So anybody can do that, though, can't they? Well, yeah, but you've got to be on a waiting list, and you've got to wait your turn, and then when you get your turn, you've got to pay a lot of money. So that doesn't sound like a bad scheme. So get on a waiting list, pay your $500 a year, and take somebody's seat who really should be there supporting their team. Yeah, that's right. And there you uh, go. Oh, well, because North Melbourne's never going to... When was the last time they were in a final? Well, they, they last played in the grand final in 1999. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah, so it's not... What were you doing in 1999? I was at the grand final watching North Melbourne win a premiership. Oh, I think I was still at high school. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe even primary school. Right. That's uh, Smithy's editorial. If you don't agree with his uh, pure capitalism theory on ticket sales, then text us in on 0427 JOY949. Or if you think we should go for a more communist or social socialist method of ticket distribution, you can email us on air at joy.org.au. And, of course, still looking for some trash talk. Uh, coming up next, we will be entering some quiz. So we've had a few people text in one a Docker supporter and a Hawk supporter. So we're going to determine the grand final for you now, Smithy. The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. You are the quiz master and I am, I am the commentator. So what are we going to do? We're going to determine the winner of the AFL grand final. So who have we got? Um, our contestant representing Hawthorne is Steve. Um, so... Steve, you there? Yes. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the, the quiz on Joy 94.9. And uh, representing Frio, we have Adam as our last-minute stand-in. Yes, we couldn't find anyone in uh, Western Australia that, that, could come, that knows what yeah, a radio is. We, we, we put out the call. Any, any Frio supporters out there, and we couldn't find a single one. I, I saw someone wandering around a purple jumper in, in the city today, but wasn't able to get hold of them. So <laughs> let's, let's give it a crack. Are you ready, Steve? Yeah. And the, the rules of the quiz are just, uh, if you think you know the answer, call out your name and then we'll call for you to give the answer. So, question one. The Hawthorne Club song entitled Where a Happy Team in Hawthorne is sung to the tune of which popular American song? Steve. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yankee, <is> it, <laughs> oh, we have to buzz in, do we? So, no, Steve, I think um, we'll just let you have the first couple of questions and then we'll kick over to Adam. So, uh, oh, okay. no, let, go for it, Smithy. Um, Steve, it, it, and, and Adam, in which year did Hawthorne last win a premiership and who did they beat? Sorry, could you repeat it? Uh, in, in what year did Hawthorne last win a premiership and who did they beat? 2008, we beat Geelong. Congratulations, 2-0 to Hawthorne. Um, now let's ask some questions about Fremantle. <laughs> this is such a well-run quiz we've got. Um, Clavin coming the, delayed, it's great. The Dockers had a vote on changing their club song entitled Frio Way to Go in 2011. Which Australian rock band wrote an alternative song for the club? This is, of course, to stand in Adam. What, oh. what's the, what is the Australian <laughs> band that uh, wrote the alternate song? I don't know. I'm going to say... Australian. Australian band. Australian. I'm going to pour ACDC. Oh, very no, close. Close. It was Eskimo Joe. All oh, right. Who were big, big supporters of the Dockers. So, when I, hang on. So, what have we got? We've got Hawthorne at one. Hawthorne at two. Oh, Hawthorne at two. Frio at... Frio nil. Nice Frio, work, Steve. Frio n- Oh, you can't congratulate. It is trash talk. So we got Frio <laughs> oh. at nil. So we got one more question for Frio. Yep. So Fr- Fremantle wears the colours purple and white, but its original club uniform also featured which two additional colours? Oh, let's see. There was green. Yep. And yellow, I want to say. Yellow. You sure about that? Your final answer. Oh, jeez, Louise. I know the answer. Uh, Steve. Steve's going to come in. What's the answer, Steve? Red. It was indeed red. The port and starboard colours of green and red. Oh also no! Fixed. I don't. I don't. I have to do that. at draw the square. I have to go upstairs. What, what happens when the opposition scores 
An own goal. Uh, so does that point go to Frio? Or does yeah, that that, point no, it goes to Hawthorne. All right. Yep, I'll, oh, it goes to Hawthorne. Yeah. Even so though it's, it's 3 Frio question. Yep. All right. Um, these two teams, Hawthorne and Fremantle, have met each other once in a final before in 2010. Who won? Of course, Hawthorne won. Oh, no, they didn't. They didn't meet in 2010. What are you talking Is about? Is that your final answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Adam? Adam, do you know the answer? I say no, they didn't win. That's right. Fremantle won by 30 points at Subiaco Oval. So there's a point to Frio. Right. Coming back. All right. So this is starting to look like an America's Cup race here. We've got Hawthorne on three and Frio, three, Frio on one. I probably should have done AFL scoring. I probably should have used six. Shouldn't I have for each, each correct one? Yeah, maybe. And then one, one point for one that's not quite correct. Yeah, all right. It just misses slightly. No, no, hang on. I'll correct that. So um, Hawthorne, Hawthorne 18. No, Hawthorne's on 13. And Frio is on six. Okay. Hmm. It's like the generation game with Bruce Forsyth. Um, the next question is about on Saturday, there's two brothers who are going to face off against each other for the first time in an AFL grand final in a century. D- does either of you know who these people are? Uh, the coach of the Fremantle and Hawthorne football teams. Incorrect. Is that a one point? That's not even... No, no you don't oh, get a point. Okay. That's out of bounds <laughs> right, on the fall. Not even close. It was tapped over. All right. Um, Stephen, do you have an answer for us? Uh... No, I... Just say your name again. <laughs> uh, the answer no, is that it's Brad Hill and Stephen Hill of, oh, of, well, of Hawthorne to... and Stephen Hill of Fremantle. All right. So, so we've got 13-6 at the moment. Um, and now we're going to have a couple of questions about grand final history. The, the 91 grand final was famous for featuring which Australian rock singer being brought out onto the ground at halftime in a replica Batmobile? Really? Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no one knows the answer here. It was Angry no. Anderson. Angry? Who's Oh, angry? it was too. It was on the TV the other night and everyone was la- or everyone around him were, were cacking themselves great, laughing. Great moments in AFL grand final history there. I have no idea who Angry Anderson is. We really got to take you to another football game. Oh, I say, all right. Keep all right. going, Smithy. The, the final question, well. um, and we all know that if uh, the grand final ends in a draw, they have to come back and play a game the following week. They don't play extra time. They just come back and play the following week. Um, how many drawn finals have there been in AFL-VFL history? Adam. Oh, so there's no yes. buzzer on my... Adam, yes. I think there's been one, hasn't there? One? Is, is that your final answer? Yes. Steve, do you have another another take on that? Um, I think it's it's more than one. I think it's... I'd hazard a guess at two. Two? The answer actually is three. Ah. Collingwood St Kilda in 2010, North Melbourne and Collingwood in 77, and in 1948, Essendon drew with Melbourne. All right, so that makes Hawthorne on 14, Frio on 6. So there you go. Hawthorne are our likely premiers. Oh, that was such an anti-climax. All right. Steve, that must fill your heart with joy. Of course it does. Oh, thank you so much. So if you're going down and you're thinking, I might just put a little tip on this, uh, I would go for the scores being on Saturday, Hawthorne 14 and Frio 6. Is that a likely (laughs) score? No. What? Depends <laughs> if it's raining. What? If, if it is, I think I think Channel 7 are going to be pretty disappointed. They won't have gotten any ad breaks in. Oh. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Stephen, and to the Frio supporter who stood us up and we had to get in stand and Adam commiserations and get back on your purple bus and head back across the Nullarbor <laughs> for another 20 years and we'll see you back in 2023. No, 33. 33. You're in the locker room on Joy 94.9. The locker room. Come in and get changed. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. Joy 94.9.
Sports news, views and interviews for our community. The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. Two minutes to eight. Uh, we're just about to close up, so better do a quick recap. What is this week in sports, Smithy? Give, uh, give me three key things. We've got the NRL finals. Uh, the Rabbitohs are playing the Seagulls on Friday and the Roosters are playing the Knights on Saturday. And just it was really great to see uh, Green English post. He's a, Rabbit, he's a Rabbitoh star. He posted to his Instagram and Twitter that he's a supporter of marriage equality, wearing a, a T-shirt supporting marriage equality. So great to see uh, NRL players also oh, Greg English. Yeah, getting on board. So that's really great stuff. Hmm. Um, we've also got the Wallabies. They're in South Africa to take on the Springboks, but that's not likely to end well for the Wallabies, <laughs> I don't think. You might not want to stay up and watch that. Look, it's on. Have a holiday. If that's interesting to you. Um, and if you're like me and you think you're good at reading maps... Uh, and you never get lost, well then head this weekend for Canberra. Uh, that's where you'll find the Australian Orienteering Championships, Rolly. They're kind of strange, those people, aren't they? I don't know. Orienteering, don't they run around with flags and compasses? Doesn't sound like my idea of a good weekend out. Anyway, enjoy your orienteering. Uh, until next week, you've been in the locker room on Joy 94.9. Great shows. Great topics. Great radio. Joy 94.9 You're inside the locker room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9 Joy 94.9 Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9 Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation Joy Help keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.